Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hey, Thomas Giles. Yeah, what's up? How's it going? You good? Yeah, I'm great. How you doing? 
pretty good. Hey, what is the scariest situation the Menzingers has ever been in? The scariest. The scariest. Okay. First comes to mind is logistic things where there like wasn't enough uh, people working at the venue or you're in like a state that has no oversight and you wonder if the floor is going to collapse. Uh, I think the scariest though definitely is the time that we were basically in a tornado. Damn. So we were driving the, the van and trailer through Nebraska and the sky started to look very ominous, like not like a regular storm. The, the storm clouds were like really high and strange and there were pockets of weird like seafoam green bright green clouds and the lightning was yellow what? yeah it was super fucked up it very very strange so we, we pulled over to like a little uh government funded rest stop bathroom situation and we're like damn this is this like rain and the wind is insane we're gonna pull over everybody else was pulling over on the side of the road and shit so like, right, we'll get in there and we get in uh and we're just in this rest stop with a couple of strangers like the beginning of like a like an M Night Shyamalan movie or something <laughs> and uh we're like okay well we learned in uh yeah right we learned in uh like elementary school in a tornado you have to like uh, somebody remembered the the pressure change will fuck it up so we like cracked all the windows in there and uh a guy who was completely casual didn't seem bothered by this at all uh, was standing in the corner. He's like, yeah, there's a tornado. And we were like, what do you mean there's a fucking tornado? And he's like, there's a tornado. Yeah, it's like a mile away, you know, or a quarter mile away or whatever <laughs> insane distance it was. And it was really, really, really loud. And it was horrifying. We were all freaking out. There's another uh, lady in there. She didn't seem like she really gave a shit. And the, the, the wind kind of, the noise went away. The wind all died down. And we went outside and all the metal newspaper dispenser machines were knocked over and the flags were all torn and the flagpoles were all knocked over and shit and we were like whoa okay well we almost got killed in a tornado so that that was probably the, definitely Fucking the scariest hell. that didn't involve weird people yeah. hey you know m night Shyamalan did Stuart little he did wait he made Stuart little the movie with the little talking mouse yeah i had no idea <laughs> there you go <laughs> Hello, all right, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. It's where I speak to bands and artists about their jobs in and outside playing music. Why? Because I think it's pretty interesting. Not everyone's really talking about it. From my experience, I nearly span my head out trying to do everything at once all through my 20s. And even now, there's a lot of stuff we've all got going on. And I think talking about it, hearing stories, unique perspectives... That's the good shit. All right, on today's episode, we're speaking to someone who has 5,000 followers on Spotify, but it's probably the best thing I've heard, new thing that I've been introduced to in the last couple of years. It reminds me of the time where I discovered the rentals. It reminds me of the time when I discovered the Fountains of Wayne weren't just that one song, and I went back to that first album and heard Radiation Vibe and thought, what the fuck? It reminds me when my teenage girlfriend re- introduced me to Limbeck. Has anyone ever listened to Limbeck? It blew my mind. And then I came back to it years later and it was still fucking awesome. Like Liquid Mike are from the middle of nowhere in Michigan. I, don't, I know nothing about Michigan, but I know their nearest town is hours away. Mike sent me a low res picture, the super fuzzy on the artwork that you can see. We spoke on January the 1st about his life in music, working as a postal worker, spoiler alert, and self-recording all of his stuff for six years. Their new record, Paul Bunyan's Slingshot, is their fifth 
album slash EP that I could decipher from their band camp. And this is just the best shit in pop punk, punk rock, indie that I've heard in years. This, this is mad. This is so good. I kind of want to play this song in its entirety, but I'm just not sure I'm allowed to with the rights. Just pause this right now and go and listen to Liquid Mike and then come back and get the story. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to leave a review or subscribe, all that stuff helps massively. Mr. Pickles, my cat right here, is looking at me like he wants some more wet food. You're going to have some dry food again. You can't have wet food all the time. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Don't look a gift crunchy in the mouth, Mr. Pickles. Cheers. Uh, 2000 Trees supports this show. I love that festival down in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London on the train. This July, uh, is the lineup is fucking stacked as ever. Who's playing? The Gaslight Anthem's headlining on the Thursday. Manchester Orchestra are playing. Better Lovers. They're pretty heavy, I heard them the other day. They're pretty, pretty gnarly. Boston Manor, Hot Mulligan, Gouge Away, The Mysterines. Really... Liquid Mike would be fitting on with that bill, all those bands and support tours. We gotta to get, maybe, maybe we should book Liquid Mike a tour. 2000 Trees is a really, really great, great festival. They support 101 part-time jobs. I love it, I've been there to play, review, uh, done some live podcasts there. If you wanna get your tickets to Trees this year, uh, it's a camping festival, Wednesday to Saturday, you can get the Sunday off, 2000trees.co.uk, and soon we'll, there'll be probably more names that we can talk about on that festival. Can't wait for it. Introducing Ampollo, the new app for musicians. Using AI stem separation, play along to any song, improving your practice and performance. Record audio or video and connect with musicians all over the world. Collaborating and creating together. Think Google Docs meets TikTok, but for musicians. There's a huge range of video and audio editing tools. And the best part, it's free. Download today and make your mark. Ampolo, made for music. So coming right up, it's Mike from Liquid Mike, who are about to release one of the best pop punk, indie rock, punk rock albums of the year. Go listen to it. So you're in Michigan, which is fucking yep. freezing right now, is it? Yeah, we're in the uh, upper peninsula of Michigan, so it's like the top portion of it. So okay. it, it gets really freezing, it's really cold, and it's a lot of snow. Not a lot of snow this year, but it's been cold. And you grew up there? Kinda, yeah. I grew up in Wisconsin, but like the same yeah. latitude over in Wisconsin, so it's like I'm used to this type of stuff, but um, yeah. this is where I've been for like 10 years like uh, in the UP. This is your adult life. This is my adult. Yep, for sure. <laughs> it's been good. And there's some good bands in Wis- uh, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Sorry, that's yeah. hard to say today. Totally. Yeah. Um, what, did you did you get into punk rock and hardcore at an earlier age then? Kind of. Um, I kind of feel like uh, there's a lot of like a good scene in Wisconsin. I feel like, but I was kind of like removed from it because it's the town I grew up in in Ashland is so far away. From like mm-hmm. Milwaukee and um, Madison and Appleton mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so I feel right. like I was always kind of looking at it from a like a distance. Like I didn't <laughs> yeah. go to a lot of a lot of shows like that. There would be shows in like Duluth, Minnesota, which was kind of close, but um, yeah. I feel like and I didn't. What kind really of bands get... are we talking? Is Tenement from from there? 
Tenement's from Appleton, Wisconsin. And I didn't really know about that whole thing until I was like 18 or, or yeah. 20 just because it was, you know, so far. Like I was just removed from it, I felt like. Yeah. So and I kind of just. exposure to an extent, to a big extent, isn't it? Mm-hmm, for sure. So I kind of just had, just relied on internet and like yeah. my imagination to kind of figure out what was, what was out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was no music scene in Ashland where I grew up either. Like literally no, not many bands writing anything. Yeah. So I felt like it kind of gave us like a, a reason to be weirdos. We kind of would just try anything we wanted and we'd play no shows, but we would just put, that's kind of, I kind of like set myself up for like a bad habit of just putting records out and then never playing any shows. Yeah. It was just kind of like... Well, you can now. I mean, with the internet, with Bandcamp and Liquid Mike, that was the first thing I thought. I you know, heard about you on Stereogum or on Twitter, mm-hmm. X, and and going to Bandcamp. The one, one of my first thoughts was, oh, this is the perfect time to be a prolific band. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of feel um, a little insecure about about it all i felt like i haven't really earned my stripes or whatever because i have never like toured or anything it's just been like just dedicated yeah, everything it. to the record but i feel yeah, like but I isn't that, isn't that it? It. it isn't is, that yeah. it you put stuff towards the record and like look it's great seeing bands when they come through where you live and seeing bands but ultimately you live with that record on your on your on your on your headphones it's the albums that we care about it's the songs right. and that's kind of how i the relationship to music's always been for me so yeah i guess it kind of it makes sense that mirrors that i'm ready to tour though i'm ready to hit it hard 2024 is that gonna is that gonna happen and well i mean before before that i mean popping off on stereo gum and people finding out about you that way i mean stereo gums you know up there with pitchfork of course and it's sort of to me the most interesting big blog in, right. t- in, in the way they write and so lots of people would have found out about you and liquid mike through that has mm-hmm. was was that a um was that a notable moment you're like oh shit people are finding out about this band people are digging it people are getting in touch yeah it was freaky because it, it i mean i'm not like you know a massive band by any means or anything but it was like an overnight pretty dramatic shift as far as like the reach i had or the mm-hmm. band had so yeah, once I, you know, after the first month of it being weird, I, I've, I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with, you know, just taking it as it is. But it's super cool. I'm super grateful. It's funny because 101 Part-Time Jobs, that's the name of this show. And I talk mm-hmm. to people about their jobs, their quote, regular jobs. And we're, we're definitely mm-hmm. going to get that into, in, they're definitely going to get into that with you because yours is hella interesting. And I can't yeah, believe I've I used the word hella there. Plen- Sorry. I've got plenty of stories. <laughs> But, but, you know, before that, one of the big jobs is just like the admin and the, like the promotion and like, you know, say what it is like almost like fucking, you don't want to call it marketing, but you want to like share your music. Obviously you don't have to, but if you choose to, you want to do it in the right way. And that in itself is such a job. It's the worst. It's like the (laughs) biggest, um, that's been the hardest part for sure. For me is being like, I, I really like, um. Like even like when people will like tag me and post on Instagram, I wanna I, like I'm super glad, but I I hate being like, look how look what people are saying about me. It's, yeah, you know, when you reshare I, your story. Like, yeah, it's I I you know I love that the people are saying that, but I hate like being like look everybody. Yeah, look what it's people really think. It's really difficult. 
because obviously you know you want to like I mean, one big way to look at it is that if someone runs a, like a medium small blog or a podcast and you share it, like that, that's both of you kind of doing your thing together. That's that's you being weirdos together, you and this person who's posted mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I've, 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 you know, lately it's like you realize everyone's got to do it and it's not mm-hmm. like this. It's just a weird hang up that you got to get over. And Yeah, um, we, we're that sort of age that generation where we remember not having to need Instagram or anything, mm-hmm. you know, like MySpace so, was enough just about. Right. Mm-hmm. Your earlier bands, were you, were you making demos and putting them on MySpace? And you know? I never, um, I was a little after MySpace. Um, it was pretty much just Bandcamp. I would just put records on Bandcamp for like the first um, I'm trying to think probably like six years. I would just finish the record that day. And then upload it, make one Facebook post on my personal account, and then, then that was yeah. like time to make the next one. Um, Mate, it was always yeah six years. Yeah, and that was that's a long time. That, I'm trying to remember when that was. So yeah, I put the first one in 2013, and then by 2018 we were finally like, you know, we were like putting stuff on streamers, and I felt like that was like a big like, I was like a big move, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's like nothing. When you first see your name on Spotify, it's a bit, it's mm-hmm. a bit of a shock. <laughs> it is, and the, yeah, that, I mean, it's interesting now. It's, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, and everyone who's got an ounce of self awareness probably would feel the same way. You know, you, you get attention for, mm-hmm. from from particular people, and you're like, oh shit, did I do I deserve this? Do I? It's like you got the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, it feels like. But you've been writing songs for six years. Like you obviously care about it. You obviously want to do it. You've got this mm-hmm. inner fuel to do it. Totally. Yeah. It. Um. It's never satisfied. Really. It's just fu- you know. It's just fun to do. I. You know. Yeah. And for the longest time, it was like, I was just into the recording part. I just wanted to make records, like in a weird like. Yeah. Uh, I just like the process of doing that. So I would just r- write songs just so I could record them. And then now it's kind of like sw- I've really like switched like um, levels or balances. And now I just really like the the writing. And now I've, I almost feel like I'm plateauing on the recording thing. I don't know how much um, better I can get with what I have. Um, and so you're self-engineering. Did you start off yep. with four tracks and teaching yourself? I started with the like, garage band when my our family got like a like a laptop when I was in yeah. high school. And I would just make beats for like years on that um, and, up, you know, uploading those to SoundCloud and stuff. And then that kind of, you know, you eventually you want to get an interface to record drums and stuff for the beats. And it just turns and mm-hmm. it just snowballs and you get more and more shit. Um, but yeah, then I would get Logic and then you get bored of Logic and then you just want to go to like a four track. That's comfy. <laughs> Yeah, so we did that we yeah. did like we did one four track record it was our second one um you can live forever in paradise on earth and that was i think we like whipped that out in like a month or something i think we were just playing like two people had just left the band and it was just me monica and cody we we're like let's just make something and not think about it and that was really fun and then now it's just been back to the computer <laughs> and it's and it's learning what feels good right is that is that your style is your is your is your um your your feeling is like you go towards the things that feel good? Do you, I guess totally. my question is: Do you do th- 
things that you feel like you have to do, you know, or yeah. do, you, do you just try and have as much fun with it? I think so- some songs require you to like, um, they call to be recorded on four track or sometimes songs call to be more high. You got to mix up like the, the pro- I don't know. If you do the same thing the same way every time, it yeah. can like halt, I don't know. It can hurt your process, I think. So I think mm-hmm. switching it up and being able to recognize when a song would sound better, more lo-fi or more hi-fi can um, really keep it interesting yeah. for you. I think you, you've got a really great mix of that. You, you've, you know, it's like indie, punk rock, catchy, power pop. And that there's that's quite like, for, for me, in my opinion, there's quite a thin line to tread there because you could go mm. real poppy really easily and it kind of then takes away some of the, the grit. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I think you got to like, um, yeah, it is kind of a spectrum, but I don't think you can get hit that per- sweet spot in a song. You kind of have to hit it in an album. Like you have right. to have those moments that are, um, you know, maybe dirtier, explore that in a song and then that are more poppy in a different song. And that's an easier way to like find that line. It's uh-huh. so hard to do in just a single song. I think the first band that did that for me was Motion City Soundtrack. Totally. Where I was like, these songs are awesome. And I am the movie and commit this to memory. Mm-hmm. So poppy, but there was always, it was, it was always underpinned by this, by this kind of dirtiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, especially with pop punk, it's such a, um, I've always thought that like pop punk, it's either the best shit in the world or it's the worst shit in the world. <laughs> it's like hard to find a, a, a medium one. Um, totally. But, but yeah, I, someone was talking, yeah. Um, uh, and, and talking about Motion City, I remember listening to that band, and I was like, I should not like this, but I do like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, there's yeah, which is yeah. which is the best. I feel like that's the best um, thing a band can do is make something that should be bad good. And also, like parallel to that is like something that that that, um, that confuses you in a way. You know mm-hmm. that you're like, whoa, I don't know what's going on here, but it makes me feel something. Yeah, that's um those are always my favorite discovery moments is like, like going into something that you think you're not going to like, and then coming out of it feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Best. Yeah. So K2, that Mm -hmm. song, I mean, talking about that kind of where that line is between power pop and something a bit harder. I think, I think you'd nailed it on, on K2 listening to it today. And because it's mastered a bit louder than the last record as well. That's something that Mm -hmm. I kind of noticed listening to them next to each other. There's a lot more bass, for sure, in the right. whole record. Um, and we tuned down all the instruments on pretty much all the songs to C-sharp standard, which wow, I think kind of right. like, yeah. So it's a heavier record, like just um, just sonically a little bit. I think that comes through without necessarily sounding like a, like a sludge band or like a, like a sludgier band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Liquid but yeah, it goes stone of doom. Mm-hmm. I think Cody is a big reason for why it like um, we have maybe more of a harder edge though. The drum, our, our drummer Cody, because mm-hmm. he just is just a powerhouse and he hits hard. Like he plays like a punk drummer, but we're kind of writing these like jangleier songs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, I love, he's kind I love of the ass- drummer, essence of the band. I love it when a drummer can play musically. You know? mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's got That's a signature real... all his own. That like, Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I love hard hitting drummers. What are you tuning your E down to then? If it's a C sharp, what does your C low E go to? C sharp, and then an A goes down to um, what would that be? Like F sharp. Damn. So every every it'd be like adding just three more frets to the end of the guitar. How have you got used to that? Um, well, when we play and we when we've played these songs live, we just keep it in standard. Um, we're okay. still trying to figure out how to make it um, that translate live because we just haven't had the time to like. Sw- I don't. I hate having a tune on the fly, <laughs> and we do have a lot of songs that yeah. are like the last record's all standard and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure that out, but it's so easy to translate. It just you just pretend you're in the same key, but it's just it ends up sounding lower right because you're tuning it all that you're tuning all the strings down the same amount Mm -hmm. you something you feel more than you like necessarily um here i guess Mm -hmm. you just feel Mm -hmm. like the lowerness of it i guess you could get second guitars but that's a lot of money and space yeah definitely traveling around so talking about jobs like what's your situation now you're you're a postal worker i am yeah i've do um it'll be three years in april that i've been working there and um so you started in covid I did. Yep. Everyone had masks on when I started. And then I, I didn't see everyone. I didn't know what anyone looked like until I was like six months into the job. And I finally saw everybody. <laughs> and like, I'm sure there's, yeah, it's, it's the weirdest job. It like, um, I've tried to explain it to people. Like it mm-hmm. makes you frustrated in ways that you didn't know existed. Kind of. It's like, it seems like it's just part of the culture there to like hate working there. Um, like everyone's it's part of the culture to off. hate it to have like contempt for it yeah I think that's my, maybe that's just common of like most delivery positions I'm sure but just grouches um, yeah they're, I mean they're nice they're nice guys and they're nice people um, you know to their customers and stuff but you can just tell that they've been like you know they're, they're sick of it a lot of the time but it's okay you know when it's nice outside it's nice and mm-hmm it's uh it's whatever but that you know we go to the bar like we'll, maybe we'll go and get grab a drink after like a day long day of work and stuff and we'll nice. just talk about work it's like drives you it's like why are we talking about this okay Can we talk about so anything else it's a lifestyle work? then it's like it kinda, you, you're steeped into it big part of your life mm-hmm. there's a lot of like cre- you know creative people though that are postal carriers and stuff it's like a you know you get your nights off and stuff Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I I think it's definitely not the most unpopular job for a, a musician to have. Um, maybe not one that tours a lot, but um, mm-hmm. you can definitely. You know, it's definitely like a. It fits into that lifestyle. You are you are you an early riser? You can get up with the crow, with the chickens and the crows. Yeah, I mean, there's been some winters when it's like the holiday season, and we're pretty low on the on the totem pole or whatever. So we had to come in at like five 30 and just Damn. come in way early and do stuff. And so I got used to it. Um, I'm fine with getting up early and you, I don't do it today. Today. I didn't get, 
I didn't get up early today, though. Hell it's yeah. New Year's but, day. Hey, I should say, you should make a note, this is the 1st of January, 2024, which is, you know, <laughs> I guess if you're into that kind of stuff, it's, it's the day for thinking about more, what you want more in your life, what you want less in your life. Have you got any of that going on? Yeah, I think I'm going to, I think this might be my last year I work there. Um, I don't know when, but I, th I think I've made a decision. I'm ready to try something okay. a little more flexible. I'm ready to hit, we're already to hit the road and yeah, do the thing. Yeah. What a funny time, right? I mean, you're an adult human mm -hmm. being, you know, for, for your, most of your life, it's been like, yeah, I'll play music. Music will always be a side thing. And then mm -hmm. having that kind of, that balance or that, um, the the tipping of the scales being like, yeah, now is the, it's gonna does be it feel like now's the time to really kind of like full send liquid mic? I think, I think so. I think I have the resources to, to do it now because mm -hmm. I've been saving up for a while and it, you know, the job pays pretty good. Like it's a, it's a good gig. I can afford mm -hmm. like to rent a practice space and like nice. get some gear and, st and uh, which I've done, but, um, that's good. That part's going to be kind of hard to, um, say yeah. goodbye to a little bit, just the comfortability of that, but I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to be comfortable doing whatever. And you write songs when you're out. Did I read did, did I think I read that somewhere yeah. that you, you're writing on your, on your, on your mornings. Yeah. It's a pretty like, um, uh, like mind, not, I wouldn't say mind. It's kind of a mindless job. Like once you know the, the routes, you can kind of mm. just coast and, you know, if you're not a total bonehead you can deliver the mail pretty accurately it's pretty easy yeah. but i'll yeah. like um like i'll record a voice memo maybe the night before or something of just like a melody or something and then the next day i'll like throw that in the headphones for an hour or something and figure out what the harmonies could be or yeah. like um I'll f you'll figure out a, a line or two and then you'll just kind of like snowball it's it's a pretty good passive way of writing songs i don't do it every time it's better to be <laughs> at home um, mm -hmm. but it's a good place to edit too. Like if you record a song with like your first draft of lyrics or something, then you can kind of play it in your head and just let it, um, your mind kind of fill in yeah. like better lines or better word choices. Yeah. So I rarely write a full hundred percent of the song on the route, but, um, I definitely do like, you know, maybe like 30% of the writing just bumming around at work which is nice yeah <laughs> yeah do something do, you might you know you're like doubling down on getting shit done so big time that's the efficiency yeah. right there mm -hmm. you gotta be will it be like the vocal melody that you'll have there will it be the guitar parts i mean i often think with i'll think of both yeah or i'm sorry uh, you finish no i just i was saying you know because i imagine you, you, you it's hot it's just so much harder to get like chords or or like have the fretboard in mind you know when you're mm -hmm. out when you don't have a guitar in your hands. Yeah. It's, I think, th I feel like that's kind of been the nice thing about it. Cause you can kind of, um, step away from the fretboard and you maybe like get away from the, your familiar patterns. And mm -hmm. then you kind of just hum what would sound good. Yeah. Or like, and then you can translate that to the guitar and then you have like new tricks that you maybe didn't yeah. have before. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's always a good way to, or been good for me to write is like, sing a guitar a guitar part that you can like sing Th those tend to be like the catchier ones i who uh, i think I, I was reading something with sheer mag or something on youtube with sheer mag and they say nice that the riffs i think they were talking about like a, a, an iron maidens tune and it was like 
if, if you can remember after listening to it once or twice, if you can mm. remember the guitar riff or whatever the guitar's doing, that's a good song. That's a good sign. Totally. Yeah, I'm I'm a <laughs> longtime ACDC truther. I think Hell that yeah. band fuck it. Especially the guitar like the guitar solos are just timeless because they sound like you can do like you can sing them basically mm-hmm. you just remember that it gets stuck in your head or whatever i wouldn't you know no offense i don't no, no i take no offense to people that would not agree with me on the acdc thing but i love that i love that band big into it so what were you doing you know i often think like i'm 32 and i you know i don't want to fall into those sort of sort of traits of of being like you know, at this point I got my life together, but for me in the last five years, I've just thought a lot more about what I'd like to do and this kind of journalism, you know, being in, in, nice. in the music world and, and, and just being stoked on that and trying to move forward with the best foot. I, I feel like that's really hard thing to think about in your, in your twenties. I think most people I know have either got into something that they kind of fell into or, mm-hmm. you know, you just get a job and hope it pays all right. And hopefully, like you said earlier, you know, hopefully you don't take it home with you. and You don't talk about it at the bar. What's mm-hmm. your what's your life like being in, in terms of, yeah, getting paid, but wanting to play music? Yeah, I've never expected to be fulfilled by my job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had a job where I felt fulfilled. <laughs> like in that way i've always had this though which is like more than enough to um like satisfy me on that end um Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of you know i don't think that my band maybe will ever get to the point where it'll be the primary um income thing but -hmm. it would be nice to make it more part you know i'd always be into making it more part of my life i don't think that i would ever resent it uh, writing songs I don't. I don't yeah. see that ever happening for me. Um, like you know how some people might say that they made their dream their job or something, and they mm-hmm. started hating it or something. But mm-hmm. um, you got to try it. And I think I love the angle of this podcast. I think this is like a really fresh nice. um, take. You know, Cheers. I love. He- I love hearing about people's jobs. People always have something to say about it, and it's always um, mm-hmm. funny. Or, you know, at least something interesting, yeah. I, I massively find the humor in something, you know, you take quite seriously, but also fun, you know, that being music and writing songs. Mm-hmm. And then, like, somehow having, like, working, just work. You basically have to be imaginative of how to offset everything in the balance. Yeah. You got to make things work for, like, yeah. Make them work together instead of mm-hmm. maybe being at ends with each other totally but totally so what were you doing before you you were a postal worker i had the worst job ever i was a census taker i've been doing government jobs for the yeah it was the worst job i've ever had in my life it was like (laughs) uh i don't know how often you guys have census censuses it's quite rare here i think it's once every seven years okay that's even more frequent than here we do every 10 years okay and when i did it um it was like middle of 2020, so right when COVID happened, um, and I was an enumerator, so I had to like go door to door to everyone that didn't answer the census in the mail. Um, so I had to use my own car, and I was in the UP, and there's just so much space. I put like I think 35,000 miles on my car in two months driving around. Um, I fucked up my water pump 
<laughs> it like did a huge toll. I feel like it did irreparable damage on my car. Um, did they? But every everyone they, hates you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> these are the people who didn't fill out in the sign. Didn't fill out in the first place because they couldn't be asked. They're not gonna yeah. be. <laughs> they're not gonna be too happy to see you. They'll be like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. I mean, it got to a point where like, um, because the further along you're into the census job, the more that's the ones you get where people have denied it five times or it's the um so you got to go to these places and like you get to a point and like one in every three of them you're rolling up to like the middle of nowhere shack and there's signs that are like you know your trespassers will be shot and shit and you just gotta like take you just gotta be like well they better not shoot me and they they just hate you oh and the worst is when you'd get one that was like um they would have re-interviews every just to check for like um i don't know quality control or whatever so you like have to pull you're just like pulling teeth to get these people to like give you the smallest bit of information and then two days later that's like you have to go back there and make sure that you did it right and that was the worst you'd have to they'd be like we just saw you and they would just be steamed <laughs> and i i don't blame I mean, them you- I, I like i get that I'd I'd be mad too. I wouldn't want people to like be asking me and shit, but I usually try to make it pretty painless. Yeah, I mean, you seem like you know I can you you seem like an approachable person. You know, you got like a you've got a, you're 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 an ami- you're amicable kind of guy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's but still like going. I guess when you live in the countryside, people live out there mm-hmm. for, alone for a reason. Definitely, They're, you know, and and America. Just the conservatism in America. Did you feel that conservatism? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's, you know, you can tell who really hates the government. And then here comes, like, a guy from the government t- yeah. asking for all your information. It was just, like, <laughs> it was, like, so funny. Looking back, it was funny. But um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. There's something really. It. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say about it that was, like, really bad. It'll come to me later, but that job sucked. <laughs> what are your biggest <laughs> memories from it? What are, the, what are sort of the most notable people or houses? Oh, man. So there's this one that I rolled up on, and it was like off an old um, firefighter or highway. or No, it was a logger highway. That's what it was. Um, and I rolled up, and there's like eight people, and they all had sunglasses on, and I like... They didn't, they weren't, they didn't speak English like naturally or something. They, I think they were maybe like, I don't know, maybe Mediterranean or something, but they were like super pissed off looking and they were, um, they, we just couldn't communicate at all, but they were (laughs) not happy that I was there. And he like kind of grabbed my like vest and was like, cause he wanted, he was like trying to see what was on my shirt and stuff. It was really just odd. I couldn't. But I was like, um, I would ask and they would say no. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. This is not going to be, I don't want to die out here. I didn't think I was going to die or anything, but I did think that like, I did, could not have felt more not it, not welcomed. Yeah. It's, that's pretty scary. It is. Right. Cause they're in, like, they're in, they're sort of in charge. You know what I mean? Like right. they're angry. They're angrier than you. you, I, know, you like- I was like, it was, yeah, I thought it was like a mob or something like that. The Italian mob. What are you asking for? Like some like ticks, boxes, dates, like basic stuff. Just like stuff that's like, um, 
Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, how many people are in the house? Usually that's like the bare minimum mm-hmm. they want and where you were living on April, like of that specific day. And yeah. I, w- I would make up, I, now I remember, yeah, I would like find ways to get on their good side. Like if someone had a dog and they were pissed off <laughs> and they, I would ask them what their dog's name was and I'd be like, oh, that's my dog's name. Or like, what's your birthday? And they'd be like, oh, that's my mom's birthday. <laughs> I'd just lie yeah. to them to try to get them on the good side or something. you like, like, hey, I'm from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, me too. Yeah, so you got to like, you got to manipulate these people. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, some some jobs give you those, those kinds of life skills, don't they? Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, that Did one, you- I've, I feel like I still do it, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta, yeah, work them. Mm-hmm. It helps. I think working at the pub really helped me go into shops and speak. You know, just go speak mm-hmm. to the cashier. Be like, "Hey, what's up? How's it going?" And just not be nervous about that. You know, just be very outgoing. Right. Um, yeah. And um, how long did you work there? Like not too long. My friends will laugh. At, like they will laugh at me for doing this show because I've probably worked the least amount of time in jobs because I just could, I always found it really hard to hold stuff down. Um, mm-hmm. And I think my friends would probably say that I'm a bit of a flake when it comes to work. Um, but I had lots of them. I, you know, I, I do, I, I think probably worked like maybe six jobs in a year. It's probably the most turnover, you know, from nice. chopping down logs and, and various sort of, you know, some of the pubs down here will be like, we'll be friends with them. And they're like, oh, we need you for a night or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always found it really hard to feel, I found it really hard to feel comfortable and feel that kind of, yeah, this is part of my life now. Like I physically reject that stuff. You know, I find it really hard to settle down doing something I don't like, which mm-hmm. is maybe I'm starting to think like, hopefully that's the good thing. Cause then I'll just force myself to do something that I do like, whatever that is. And right now it's doing this show and interviewing mm-hmm. bands. So, you know what I mean? I it's, it's kind of helps just- me in a sense. Yeah, I think that's not uncommon for people our age, it seems like. I don't know many people that have had the same job for longer mm-hmm. than, like, six years anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Which I think is fine. I think you can – I don't think it, the the world right now is set up for, like, working at a place for for your whole life. This is it. And I think I still I think we still got like that hangover from our parents' generation where it's like you should work a job forever. And now we're mm-hmm. in this crossover time where I mean my girlfriend, she finds it really hard with work because mm-hmm. it's just she feels guilty when she's not working full time, you know? Yeah. And I, I that's I, that's definitely passed down. Some you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that definitely can be if you grow up in a house that's like you know, a work mm-hmm. culture place, it's like hard to Mm-hmm. you you want to work and i get i i feel that too um have you got a bit of that then for sure both my parents work really hard and they still do mm-hmm. and so yeah i feel like that's just what happens yeah i feel like not, there's not, a, not, a not necessarily of... always a bad that's not necessarily a bad thing either uh, no definitely i wouldn't say that at all but yeah there's not as many rewards in a lot of these jobs you know not many mm-hmm. jobs have pensions or anything like mm-hmm. that anymore there's i don't know how many of them good insurance anymore yeah so it's like what, what's what's the what's the reason to stick around for forever uh, absolutely if they're not going to treat you right you don't owe right. them anything 
And I'll still get that thing, you know, working occasionally, uh, occasionally I'll pick up some jobs and, and I'll, I'll still always have that thing of like uh, looking at like my boss, like a teacher or a police person, you know, a cop, <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, what can I do for you? What can I, even though in my head, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> right. Is your, I, the worst, have you ever had a, uh, like a supervisor that's been younger than you? I don't think I, I have. That would uh, be but I've definitely worked with people who are younger than me that would earn, you know, a lot mm -hmm. more than me. I've never had that or I've never had that or I've never had like a friend that was my supervisor. And I can imagine that would be <laughs> such be a, a weird, maybe it'd be good. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'd be the worst thing ever. I, I also think that there's that, whereas going to, going to university or college studying was mm -hmm. such a, like a defining part of someone's life. I don't think that's true. Any, you know, you know, did you study? What's I your did. kind of feelings and all that? your feelings about, you know, going to college and, and that being a springboard to do stuff. Oh yeah. Well, I got a degree in communication, culture and media. So, you know, they're not hiring down there really right now. At the what, are, what kind place. of jobs are, are those? Is that? It's like a glorified English degree, basically. Okay. You, you can kind of like, with, like maybe an emphasis on, yeah, maybe marketing. And I'm like the worst guy at that ever. So I obviously didn't learn a whole lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I can, um, I'm glad I went, but I don't def I definitely don't feel like um like I'm a collegiate guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't um I don't f identify with that, you know. I I've, I still <laughs> run into people like in town. I went to school in the next town over in Houghton, which is like uh, you know, 2 hours away, but um I run into people that'll be like, "You went to you went to Michigan Tech?" Is it how what, you know, they want to talk like shop yeah on yeah. what this what the school is like and i was like i didn't really have that um experience <laughs> yeah. i don't feel like too connected to it um mm -hmm. but i had you know i met like there was a good house show scene there oh nice i liked that you know that was big for me um yeah. so i remember that i remember like the people for sure but not necessarily and i feel like that maybe is a lot of people's um what they get out of college these days anyway yeah. I mean, I think now is really hard to find a purpose, you know, with a capital P. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, I think people give themselves a hard time about it. For sure. Um, I'm trying to remember, feel like what, what, what do my friends do? I don't know. They, people find shit to do. <laughs> Most of the time, that's like slow pitch softball or something. Like that's is what's going to give people like their meaning in yeah. life or like playing, yeah. playing darts or pool or something. <laughs> Like at the yeah. end of the day, that that's enough for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and I think there will there are always times in people's lives when you you like something unexpected happens and you take that chance, you take that opportunity with both hands, and mm -hmm. you're like, cool, you know, that's given you a bit of fuel. You feel good, you know. Yeah, we don't have to be depressed about all this shit. Mm -mm. <laughs> you no. know, you take your chances. I hope it gets. I hope it gets better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it mm -hmm. could. So were you, were you playing music or like, have you got pretty well practiced at playing music alongside, alongside work and not being stressed out by it? Or are you, you don't strike me as someone who's a stressed out person, but you know, you can never see inside someone's brain. I just, I get stressed out when I don't write a song in like a month. That's when I like, right. 
where everything starts to crumble around me or something <laughs> i get cranky and i'm just like i don't know why yeah it's just this like invisible thing um <laughs> but it's super i mean you get done with work you go write a song i mean you go record a song and then that's the that's the song <laughs> that's what's gonna be yeah. on the album it's nice and yeah I, th- I feel like i've since like 2018 is when i put like the first like um album that i was really satisfied with in my old i had a different band we should be laughing that i had in college um i put that out and it was just like yeah just make a record every year that was kind of like just the goal and then you kind of work around that i can't remember what was this question again just uh, like that kind of tension between Mm -hmm. like playing music yeah it's um i haven't had any problems with it obviously like the you know now that we have maybe a far a bigger reach we've we get offers a lot of the time for like one-off shows lately and like mm-hmm. chi- maybe like in chicago or nice um ohio or something it's just like we really are so far away from anything that i just have to turn it down like i okay. feel i feel bad it's just such a um even if it's like it would have to like a really great opportunity it's like so far because even to get to get from milwaukee milwaukee is probably the closest um area with like a you know or that people go to and that's like five and a half hours from here so it'd be like 10 hours round trip for like one sweet show um damn it can be tough so we kind of have to string them together to make it work or just play in town which gets old you know, I, I feel so, because England is so small itself and I grew up in a sub, you know, I'm, I'm like so naive to the fact that like just hearing you there at that 30 seconds, I'm like, that that's a big part of Liquid Mike, is it? That you are just in the middle of absolute nowhere. Yeah. And that, I think that contributes more to like the outsider, outsider thing. But there's, you know, there's some bands in town that are, are like grinding and like making those weekender things work. Which yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed by. Um, our drummer right now doesn't live in town. He also we have like a debate, like a, a debased band. Like Cody lives in Bay City, Michigan, which is down by Detroit. Okay. Um, and what do we have? We have five people in the band, so it's a lot to coordinate a lot of the yeah. time. Um, yeah, which is you know my fault. So we kind of just are saving <laughs> it for like when we want to play, we're gonna play. Mm. And it's just hard for one-offs, even though I'd like to. And I, I feel bad about saying, you know, turning people down. Um, but that's just stuff? what the situation is right now. You, you mentioned like Chicago. Is that like playing something for like Red Scare or bands that you've heard of supporting them? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Or just friends or um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, With Paul Bunyan's. What's it called again? What's the new Paul, record called? Paul, Paul Bunyan's Bunyan slingshot. Link? Slingshot. Yeah. Do you know Paul Bunyan? A, I don't know. If no. That, that's probably not a thing in the. Yeah. It's like American folklore, like um, you know, it's like a, especially in like the Midwest, like Minnesota and Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio or Illinois. He's like a guy that um, every area kind of has their own guy, mm-hmm. like that. I think John is it John Henry, maybe He's big rails. He you know pounded spikes in the railroad down south okay. or something faster than any okay. machine paul bunyan is like uh you know some sort of allegory for logging up here you know he's like okay. a giant dude that chopped 30 trees down with a single s- 
swoop or something. And there's like every different town. There's like f- a dozen towns that claim to be the home of Paul Bunyan. It's just right. dumb folk, you know, folklore. Yeah. But I mean, we we heard these stories in like grade school. We'd okay. go on field trips and they'd tell us these like fables and stuff. Um, That's funny. Yeah, but you can see his like artifacts all around. Um, you know, it seems like maybe every hundred mile diameter, you can probably find like a giant Paul Bunyan statue up Brilliant. here. Yeah. And did he so have a slingshot? Does he have one? That's just a made up thing. Some guy made up in, um, in, ta- uh, my buddy Zach told me about it cause it's from his town. He lived in Gladstone. He plays bass in liquid Mike. Um, but he, there was a guy that had like a tree in his backyard that like grew two trunks yeah. after. So he yeah. just turned it into like a, a little art piece called Paul Bunyan slingshot. Awesome. Um, yeah, but you know, I feel like this is like our biggest, I was trying to also make like a big rock record, you know, quote unquote, I was like, what's it bigger, it. what's bigger than Paul Bunyan, you know? <laughs> and it kind of ties into like a lot of the themes of, of the album. It's kind of a lot about growing up around here. It's good. It's a wink. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Totally. Yeah. It's, um, and K2, I mean, it's great to, we call it spice here. And yep. Yeah. It's, it was bad. <laughs> yeah i mean i have you smoked i've never smoked it have you i i haven't either i i you know i've been around it but <laughs> i i knew it was bad then scary stuff you know? i mean what a great what a great thing to write a song about or, to, or what, what a great um you know uh, uh tool to have in a uh, device sure to have in a song i'm sure i'm not the first but man <laughs> i've seen people act very go crazy on fucking weird because it was all legal i mean i i did see kids smoke it on on the bus when i was in like wow. high school like my freshman year like they all called it legals that's what everyone called it, it yeah. was because they could <clears throat> they'd smoke and then it wouldn't be on a drug test if they got drug tested for like sports or something like that right um so that salvia. was the thing, but you ever smoke salvia that? no i've never i've never seen anyone smoke salvia but i've, I've it seems like people might do that and then go away for like <clears throat> two months in their head or whatever have you tried it? Yeah, I smoked it in a bong. What happened? I what felt happened? like I was a boat in the nighttime <laughs> and I fell off my chair. Did you tot- did you even see what was like in your could you even see yeah. what was going yeah. on in your world or was it all imaginary? It was so I was I was like in a chair and like uh, I like it was almost like I became like uh you know I kind of lost I, I my, my so my whole brain went blank and it was dark. Mm-hmm. And it was, in, it was, it was in the nighttime. It was like the like, final scene of Titanic or something like that, you know, where oh they're in the ocean and you're in freezing water and there was a boat coming across it. And I, 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 I want to say I wasn't in the water. Like I didn't feel like freezing cold, but I felt like I was a boat and I can, I can still, I picture it now. It's, it, and it was just <laughs> fucking that's it, just the ocean, the middle of the ocean at nighttime with another boat coming mm-hmm. through. And it was just bizarre. And my other friend that was there, I mean, we, we, we both did it and he got norovirus that night from the bong. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare. Funny. Really bad nightmare. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Hey, this is, this is great. You know, I think the one thing about these conversations is that, it's all encompassing, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. music's clearly such a big part of your life. 
you, you must mm-hmm. think about it, you know you, you must think about it every every minute i do yeah you know and it's like the nice thing is you don't have to think of you know you can remove yourself from it and just kind of you can get back to how you were when you were a kid or something listening yeah. to music like every time you find something new that you like it's like just takes you back to that feeling yeah. which you know has never gone away for me yet i, I don't yeah. think it will so it's it's got some staying power for sure i don't mind thinking about it all the time same you know i i love doing these same for me with this podcast you know there's something i just get out of talking about music that makes me so excited and and i can track it back to skateboarding and bmxing when i was a kid and like being obsessed with wanting to build a ramp you know and Mm -hmm. you know you you look at a a, a small rail or a three set and you're like i want to do that i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and 180 it that feeling is this feeling i get doing this and it's like just mm-hmm. it's, it's quite simple really it's just hold totally. on to that feeling yeah it's um i can't i guess i can't speak for everyone but yeah i would i would hope that that feeling would stick around for a lot of people yeah and and you hope you wish that upon your friends and everyone else that mm-hmm. they can have that feeling about it or yeah everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality that's it that's it so i mean you know just to wrap up how you're you're basically in this time right now where Mm -hmm. you're looking towards playing shows you're ready being a band who is really you know hours away from any other town you're near it you said you want one the next town across is two hours away and that sounds like a small town this is the year 2024 is the year that liquid mike goes out and does shows a string of shows we're gonna play outside of michigan for sure, we haven't we haven't <laughs> left this we haven't even left the fucking state yet. It's so bad. And, and Paul Bunyan slingshot. It sounds mm-hmm. so. It, I, I, try, I try not to use the word big, but it it's just it's like it's broad. There's a lot, a lot of bass in it, like you said. Mm-hmm. The the instrumentation, the arrangements is rad. Did you go with a producer that you hadn't been with before? And are you do are you doing this with a label? Nope. Um, it's all just me. We're just doing it ourselves. Great yeah great it's and i, I kind of want to keep it that way i not that i mean i i don't have any trust in people but i try have trust in me well i think anyone that you're going to work with any label that's going to put out your records if they're if they're good they should recognize that that's what makes the liquid mic sound is mm-hmm. you doing it yeah i have a control freak 100 <laughs> percent. i'm I've, i'm i'm open to trying a producer Mm-hmm. um totally but um every time i've like kind of geared up to do it i'll be like next one i'm gonna do it i just end up doing it so 
um, when I really run out of, you know, but you know, we're five out after this one will be five albums in, Wow. Um, you know, maybe it will be a good idea to like, just shake it up sonically. That's just the easy way to like, you know, I feel like you need something a little different every album and that might just be like a cheap way to, or, you know, an easy way to get something new. I was listening to that Guided by Voices record, Warp and Woof. Nice. Is that the name of it? I think so. A couple of years ago. I, I, and it just sounds a bit different. It's got more of like a psych sound to it. I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. cool. This is cool. Like, this is clearly Bob Pollard, but it just sounds a bit different. And I don't know. I didn't even read into it yet, but I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're just going with a, a different studio or a different producer and it sounds cool, you know? And, and, and I think one of the cool things about being a prolific band is that when you make a record that sounds different, it's not like the end of the world, you know, you're going to make right. a record after that. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I never, I never get hung up on that kind of stuff. Like, um, you know, obviously you want people to like it. There's a part of you <laughs> that wants, um, wants to be received well, but, um, the stakes are low. You can just make, if you don't like, if people don't like it, who cares? You can make a better one next time. Totally. I don't really believe, I I don't, I don't believe in the whole, like maybe peaking thing. Like I Mm -hmm. feel like you can make a great record at all stages of your life. I feel like you can make a record, a better record later. You got more experience and. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and right now seems to be like a cool time. Like we're like, you'll never be able to control the way that, people find out about you or, or listen to you but mm-hmm. what you can do is kind of use it to your strengths or like i guess really what i'm talking about here is like the way that Bandcamp and dsps is how people listen to music and if you can release more songs you know right that there's no downsides it feels like there's no downsides to releasing more songs mm-hmm. ever yeah and i feel like you know i'm not i didn't I certainly didn't invent putting out a lot of songs and stuff. No. People have been doing that forever. But like I have a lot of um advantages to being able to do that. Obviously I don't have to I don't have to tour. I mean <laughs> I don't tour. Um I re- we recorded ourselves at our house, you know, at our place. Mm-hmm. Like and our songs are short and our albums are short. So of course we're going to like make a lot of songs. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like if we were writing like maybe more experimental. So I don't know. I, I find pop music to, or like experimental music to be a lot more um, interesting when it's good and hard to make than <laughs> pop music. I think like <laughs> pop music is kind of like, there is a formula and there is like a trick and you can kind of subvert it and make it cooler. I feel like by making these songs shorter, I think we're doing something interesting, but um we have a lot of reasons why we can make a lot of records. I feel like. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that there are some bands. There's a great band called the murder capital from here. And nice. are you wearing a King cruel t-shirt? I am. Yeah. He's from Archie's from, I don't know. I don't know Archie, but he's from the, he's down the road in Peckham. He lives near here. And oh, cool. So, and like, so King cruel and murder capital, there, there's this kind of, you know, the slow intro. Mm hmm. The, it it forces you to slow down with it and then it kind of carries the song carries you that's a really interesting thing i think now is quite an interesting time for that yeah i love um yeah king cruel has been one of those bands that for me that i found when i was like a teenager and then Mm -hmm. it's just been like you know you kind of grow out of certain things and 
but I think his new album's like the best one he's ever made. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wicked. He's just so on his own thing, isn't he? He's so on his mm-hmm. own plane. Yeah. I like uh that's something I always kind of look for in bands too that are like mm-hmm. you can definitely tell um they have a, a se- it's all going on in their head, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's getting getting they, like that. They know exactly what they want. Yep. Yeah. 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 So there he bloody well was Michael from Liquid Mike, Paul Bunyan's Slingshot is going to be one of the records of the year. You heard it here. Second. <laughs> Go to Liquid Mike. Check them out on Bandcamp. Damn, this stuff is so good. Thank you so much for listening. 101 part-time jobs. Subscribe. Leave a review. Got two shows with Idols next week, which I was worried about, but I don't think I have anything really reason to worry about, just as long as I don't get so rouge in the face. That's one of my problems, you know, is that when I get... Uh, self-aware that my face will go all red so I'm going to try and do it avoid that stuff uh, got a live show with Bob Villain that's on sale for April if you're in London or if you can make it to London for the 7th of April it's a Sunday come down to Bush All in fancy West London come hang out with us while I speak to Bob Villain and also Bex about their lives in music and how they perceive everything they're doing and what they're doing differently. We're talking to a bunch of artists who are doing things differently. That's their, our, our MO. All right. Thank you so much and see you next week. Cheers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.